welcome to North Dakota After Dark on the Pull Tap Sports Network. We are joined this evening by Margot Miller. Uh, we'll get into Margot's story here briefly, but before we do, I think we should give a little shout out to our sponsor. Corey, you want to handle that one tonight? Hey, Andrews Construction Services. Uh, with over 20 years of experience in all areas of constructions, uh, they can work on, they've worked on banks, oral surgery offices, dental offices, schools, retail space, auto body shops, you name it, they can build it. They can offer assistance on all phases of construction, including initial design phase, all the way through completion. You want to dream it? Andries makes it a reality. Andries Construction Services. Uh, Urban Legend has it, guys, that uh, Andries Construction Services got their first job from one of our listeners, one of our five or six listeners. Yeah, so I'm trying to confirm that. We did it. We did it. So, uh, so again, uh, Margo Miller, welcome to the program. We really appreciate you coming on. Um, Margo, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe starting with your youth hockey experiences in uh, the greater metropolitan Detroit area and bring us right up to your college career and into today? Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, like like I said in the intro, originally from Detroit, Michigan, uh, grew up loving the Detroit Red Wings. That's kind of how my passion ignited. Steve Eisman was my best, you know, favorite player, um, kind of my hero who I idolized growing up. That's why I wore number 19. Um, played youth hockey in the Novi kind of house district for several years. And then from 12U up, I started girls hockey with Honey Baked. Um, we were an absolute powerhouse. I think I won like five or six state championships with Honey Baked. Um, played, you know, we kind of went all over, played through Canada, New York, Colorado, all over. Um, in my junior year, uh, some interesting things happened that uh, my mom wanted me to pull out of Honey Baked and drag me to Shattuck because that was our arch nemesis. Um, <laughs> I reluctantly did not want to go. Um, we battled so many hard games against each other. We hated each other. Honey Big versus Shattuck kind of were kind of the big forces at that time. We went head to head. Um, so I had a lot of rivals on that team. Um, but when I got there, like Shattuck was absolutely life-changing. I went two years to Shattuck St. Mary's and, you know, you think you're a top dog when you go there, but man, everyone wants it a bit more when you get there. And that kind of motivates you to be a better person and a better athlete and hockey player. And like I said, Shattuck still to this day has changed my life. I've made so many lifelong friends from there and connections. Um, one of my favorite times. Um, and then from there, I was recruited to the University of North Dakota. I was very close to going to St. Cloud, had a very hard time. Um, I was very, very, very close to going to St. Cloud. And I remember... North Dakota kind of, in, kind of came in the last week of my recruiting process. I remember the St. Cloud coach sending me an email, just remember it's a rink. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm going to I'm going to do my due diligence, make sure I explore every option. So I came to Grand Forks and we could just, you know, you could just tell I love the community. I mean, the Ralph is the Ralph, um, you know, kind of Brian Nadolski's cell was you're going to be growing part of growing a program. And he had a big. You know, he had a big asset in that and, you know, that kind of did motivate me and draw me to be able to be a part of a, a growing kind of 
program and be able to contribute to a program so sucks and turn it up turn it around so played my four years there and since then I've been um involved with the girls hockey community coaching the Grand Forks Knight Riders uh, high school hockey team I'll be uh, going on my 10th season at that and that keeps you on the toe your toes coaching 20 high school girls very interesting I I'm up to date on all my you know lingo and what, what they're saying these days you know so it keeps it fun and then uh, my newfound kind of passion over these last few months is I really want to kind of get back to the grassroots level here at in the girls hockey community in Grand Forks and kind of give back and mentor and be able to give girls hockey kind of an opportunity to develop skills and have someone to advocate for them it's kind of been my goal here those last few months so that's growing we'll uh, we'll talk about that in a little more uh, yeah it's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on to talk about some of those clinics I know you just recently did one in Jamestown and and, and are doing yeah. something in the community here so um one of the other things I wanted to talk to you about a little bit is you know we're obviously yeah. a more North Dakota focused podcast but can you talk a little bit about your experiences you know playing for Honey Baked and that it's it's you know a different model obviously than we would be familiar yeah. with here um and I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to brag, but I, I did briefly live in Novi by the Taco Bell off of 275. So I feel like <laughs> I a connection to the, your, your house league. Uh, I was probably old enough to, to have come and watched you at the time, but, uh, but in any event, can you just tell us a little bit about the, the differences in, in, you know, your experiences, what you've seen here versus that, that program to, you know, how you got started with honey baked and, and how that works. Yeah. yeah. I mean, triple A hockey in Michigan is a different animal. Um, you know, a lot of people here, I kind of laugh, you know, they talk about the expense and I'm like, well, how much is it? They're like, oh, it's whatever, 600, 800 bucks a, a year. I'm like, I kind of laugh because thousand dollars is about our monthly kind of dues for yeah. AAA hockey. My parents had four kids in AAA hockey at one time. So <laughs> I know it's, it's, so I kind of laugh at that when people kind of complain about the expenses. I'm like, you have no idea. Yeah. Um, um yeah, um, you know, it, unfortunately, I'm, I'm sure like here a little bit, it's about who you know to get onto these teams. Um, a lot of kind of financial kind of, I'd say it blurs the lines a little bit, but, you know, it's truly kind of getting the best players on these teams and you're playing anywhere from 60 to 80 games a year um, with that team starting from about August to through nationals through April, I would say. And then, so when you came out of like the, the Novi youth system, was there mm -hmm. um, like a, a recruitment process, a tryout process? I just, just I thought that'd be, in, you know, interesting for yeah. people. Uh, you're talking about, so in Novi at the house level, it was just kind of signing up and then you had like a draft and you were ranked, you know, one through whatever. And yeah. they kind of lauded, you know, whatever, so many A, B, C players from there. But in regards to the the trial, I wasn't really recruited per se for honey baked. It was just kind of uh, my parents must have saw a flyer or something and brought me out. Yeah. And actually, the first year I tried out for 12U, I got cut. And I remember that being a big motivator for me the following year when I was trying out for 12U honey baked to make the team. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Because, you know, I have some familiarity. I, I lived in the area for a little bit. So, and, and just through my other work, Got to know some of the uh, some of the players involved out there, so it's just an interesting, I guess, dichotomy with what uh, what we have here. So um, yeah, and how much it's grown now is 
it's crazy you know you kind of had the the big powerhouses like when I paid like Little Caesars Honey Baked Bell Tire now there's like Jimmy John's you know everyone has a team now it's crazy right yeah and there's feels like you know anytime you go to a tournament there's a new you know at least one or two <laughs> newer Michigan you know Big V and and, yep. team and you know Victory Honda so it's interesting to uh to watch it again especially for someone from from, from this area I, I think yeah such a different yeah system. and it it's a completely different model um you know it, playing high school hockey in Michigan is that's kind of the bottom barrel where that's right. kind of the opposite here you know you're not making the triple a teams you're playing for your high school so when I came here and everyone's like oh I play for the high school I'm like okay the, you gotta suck then like you know like <laughs> and then I kind of kind of came and here I'm like okay like you know the more cream of the crop players are playing for their high schools and then kind of going on their travel teams through the off season yeah so it's a different model for sure now, this this is a bit of a deep dive, and I apologize, and I'll, I'll turn it over to the rest of the crew. But um, you know, you mentioned the you know the better players are at AAA programs. I saw uh, like a Michigan Select high school team play a number of years ago, and the mm -hmm. best kid on that team was Mackenzie McEckard, who went on to play at State, and then as a St. Louis Blues draft pick. Do you have any idea how he ended up in high school hockey versus AAA? Honestly, I mean, I don't know the name, but probably what it was. <laughs> I'm sure some sort of financial construct that, sure. you know, parents are gonna, like, you're going to play high school. Like we're not going to pay $20,000 a year to, you know, just play on a triple A team or, you know, if they, you're good enough, they'll find you. Like I yeah. truly do believe that. Yeah. Good lesson. Yeah. Cause he was uh, watching at the time, you know, so much better than his, his cohorts and, and really stuck out. So um, a little later on in the episode, uh, Margo, you know, speaking of the lingo, I'm going to have Kelly Twizzy, quiz you rather on all the up-to-date tiktok words so oh boy. that'll be a fun thing well, I, you know, it's off season right now so i haven't brushed up with the girls so I'll get you going. <laughs> yeah no um, i i had we were at a youth tournament this weekend and i had to hear about how the eggs were bussing all uh at the <laughs> hotel we were so i mean yeah. that was lucky so <laughs> <laughs> lucky stuff um margo one of the other things we do on the program is like to uh everybody has a drink while they're going you're welcome to grab something if you like it or i'm kind of curious what corey has got right now oh okay well you know what uh, tonight i'm drinking straight out of des moines iowa barntown brewing a pickle tickle so oh <laughs> you can make that what it's worth but it's uh it's a pickle flavored beer and i'm Actually, Kyle, I was going to put a pickle tickle in your mailbox, but uh, um, I thought maybe that kind of neighborhood, Corey. Yeah, you didn't want Amanda reading into that. Like, yeah. who's sending these covert messages? Yeah, it's, uh, Corey. <laughs> that is my favorite line from a league of their own: the pickle tickle. Yep, pickle tickle. Yeah, um, and so delicious, by the way. Great. I, hey, I'm, I'm happy to hear it. Uh, and then, Margo, I'm, I'm sorry. I understand you had to, had to spend a couple of years in, in, in Minnesota, which is the, uh, is it the, is it the worst M state? <laughs> I don't, I don't think top? so. No, I don't mind Minnesota just as long as it's not the university of Minnesota. <laughs> Otherwise I like Minnesota. Steer clear that. We just like <laughs> to give all of our guests the opportunity to say something negative about Minnesota, Minot, <laughs> Manitoba. You get your pick, but you can take, uh, you can take shots at any of those at any time during the episode. So just wanted to make that clear. I want you to know that when we drive over the bridge into Minnesota, all of my kids almost in unison say, dad, we just got dumber. Yep. 
I taught mine to say we can smell the taxes from here. <laughs> yeah, also a good fit. So, uh, so Margo, you know, you you mentioned you played at the University of North Dakota. Um, so our kids and you have a have a coach in common. Um, tell us a little bit more about your experience there. And then, um, you know, at, at some point, um, you know, given that we're lucky enough to still have you around, did you decide sometime during your college experience that you might like to stay in Grand Forks a little longer? Could you walk us through that? <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you um, so much? I think I got a unique kind of perspective coming in. My freshman year, the program was kind of a bottom barrel feeder. Um, like my freshman and sophomore year we were like last place second to last place I mean those times it, it was hard um and we were kind of going through weeding through kind of the you know because I was coming in with coach Adolski's first recruiting class so we were essentially kind of weeding out players that you know didn't truly want to be there um I remember certain weeks called commitment week um that was my sophomore year where we did not see a puck for six days, six practices on the ice until the actual game. So we actually got on for pregame skate like Friday morning in Ohio State. And we're like, we for sure got to have pucks like this practice, right? Nope. <laughs> no pucks pregame skate. Be there. <laughs> and I'm like, what? what am I doing here? Like, is this worth it? Um, so there's definitely some tried times there, but glad that I didn't give up it's definitely kind of taught me kind of discipline and I'm able to kind of work through any anything if I can get through that two-hour bag skates uh, every day you know um, but then you know the the hard work kind of started paying off we had some success I remember you know coming in and playing BU my junior year when the Lammers, um transferred in and we had a pretty packed arena so we kind of started getting some momentum started winning games then my senior year we our success kind of took off we swept Minnesota at Ritter and Minnesota that was a huge one of my huge highlights um so you know the kind of traction started growing there and then we qualified for the NCAA tournament and I just feel like it was kind of building blocks for there and it kind of ignited the program they were getting some high level recruits um so that was pretty cool to see and be a part of that kind of building and success and the foundation of the program um and I kind of transferred over um, to my nursing profession. Um, and I went to UND for nursing. My So I went for, played four years of college hockey and then finished out two years. I went to college for six years, <laughs> but two years in nursing school. Um, and I had plans of going back to Detroit to work as a nurse. And I just had a great experience in Altru's emergency department as a student nurse. And they treated me so well and I was very attracted to emergency nursing. So Max and I kind of loved being out here in Grand Forks and we're like, Hey, you know, we can make it work for a couple of years, but as the years go on, you know, you kind of get so attached and intertwined to the community and we're like, we love it. We don't want to move. Like I love going to Target or Hugo's and Shields and just seeing all my friends, yeah. you know, randomly in the parking lot. Like I love that about Grand Forks and you can call, you can call up anyone, any, you know, any fa favor like Eric Fabian's my financial advisor like and I text him all the time like you know like it's just I, I like that small town feel and that's kind of what what kept me here yeah and, and yeah very good point like uh just, just a lot of little uh unseen amenities I think that make it mm -hmm. a, a nice a nice place to uh 
Yeah. And but, I mean, even like the safety component, I remember my freshman year coming out here, parking at Walmart to go grocery shopping and I look around and everyone's leaving there. It's like January and everyone's leaving their cars running unlocked. And here I am from <laughs> Detroit, Michigan, you know, the suburb of Detroit. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Are you insane? And they're like, what? And they're like, it's fine. We're in- Those cars will be there when you come yeah. back out. I'm like, you guys are absolutely insane. And then there's me leaving my brand new pickup truck now unlocked yeah. <laughs> running when I'm running in the Target. So it's just like, it, it's totally changed my perspective too. Margo, I've got a, a a bit of a bit where I uh, go through some fake questions and I'll ask you some real ones, but you got to answer <laughs> those ones first. Okay. So, um, is Fabian as bad a, of a coach and a financial advisor as he is a neighbor? <laughs> <laughs> I would. I think, I think he'd be a pretty good neighbor. I see his lawn being pretty well kept. Like you, you know, that's just kind of big, but he his told me, you know, I, I can tell you. Uh, <laughs> my bank's a little bit in the red lately and he tells me not to look at it and not get worried. So <laughs> I think probably banker is probably third on that list. All right. All right. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll tell him, I'll yell at the window. He lives you right can there. relay that to him, motivate yeah. him a little bit. I need more money. Okay. My, my second fake question before I get to the two real ones, uh, best chirp you've either said or heard in hockey. Oh man. Those, <laughs> I would have to say like the only the PG ones because I've heard some I've heard some ones that are not repeatable. This is uh, an after dark show, remember? It's an after dark show, Margo. Let it go. <laughs> uh, a lot of like you know, and Max and I have kind of said this like girls are mean. Like the mm-hmm. things I've heard, and Max, <laughs> my husband, has coached everywhere, internationally, professionally, women's, men's. Like girls are mean, and they go straight straight for the heart like yeah. they don't mess around like and max well, is have. like max will be like holy shit these girls are savages like even like in high school the things they're saying to each other i'm like oh my god like these girls one um, of the dads that that is on our team used to ref and he said he ref both girls games and guys mm-hmm. games and he goes the girls are way more vicious oh my he, said, god. he goes just... girls give way more heartless comments yes. than boys do yeah I love it. I mean, I've heard some like pretty <laughs> cheesy ones, like, you know, just like, oh, my digital watch like has better hands than you. Just stuff like that. Like that stuff makes, you know, laugh. Like, I wasn't much for chirping. Like I, you know, I was, you know, a little bit bigger and kind of more physical player. So I don't think I really got bullied upon too much. <laughs> um, but my best friend, I'll give her a shout out, Tori Williams. Like she wouldn't shut up. Like just obnoxious and I'm like Tori just quit running your mouth but she, but she had some good ones like she was hilarious like non-stop always chirping one of our best babysitters of all time oh yeah oh just hilarious oh, yeah, well, uh, I'll, 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 I'll hit you with some real questions then so okay. all right so I'll take them chronologically in your age you mentioned you got cut uh was it U12 on your first team mm-hmm. yeah so we talk a lot about parents and hockey and bird the burdening of that you talked about your reaction was it motivated you could you tell us a little bit more of that and then what if anything did your parents uh involvement have when you were cut for that yeah um I mean obviously I was really sad but I just kind of lit a fire into my ass and I remember having a very dominant season in my whatever house or minimal travel league that year and I think my you know I really appreciate this of my parents too they just, they, you know, they didn't make excuses for me. They didn't call the coach, which 
and, and from a coaching view now, like that, that happens so much now, like players aren't having tough conversations with coaches. It's the, the parents kind of having the tough conversations and sheltering. So, and I remember my dad saying, well, like, why don't you call and ask the coach what, what you need to work on? And, you know, I kind of, you know, kind of was like, okay. So I did ask and speed was, you know, speed and just general skill. I remember him saying, so I kind of worked on that and I just, you know, remember I'm going to be the best player on the ice and that kind of motivated me and the chip on my shoulder for the next tryout. That's awesome. So I love that your dad had you call the coach. I imagine as yeah. a child, that was slightly intimidating, yeah. but you know, like you said, it had a lot of value, you know, yeah. um, not yeah. for them to call, but for you to call. I, I, I just picture my, I have a, an 11 year old son and an eight year old son and my 11 year old son would probably have a full panic attack. <laughs> yeah. And that's, they do like, even in, they should like, you know, I think I'm a very approachable coach. And if you can't ask me simple, like a simple question, like, well, what can I work on instead of, you know, why is so-and-so getting the ice time over me? Like, it's like, right. well, what can I do? You know, I always tell them like, you point a finger and three more are pointing back at you. Like, what what can I do? Yeah. Awesome. All right. So you also said um, when you were at, when you got to Shattuck, everybody wanted it a bit more. Can you go into a bit more detail yeah. of what that means? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I came in, I had on my team, Amanda Kessel, Lammer twins, Brianna Decker, which are, when you think of the cream Not of the crop. <laughs> when you think of the cream of the crop of women's and some of the best hockey players in the world, like that's them. So, I mean, obviously you see the way that they attack their day, how they go about their business. You're like, wow. Okay. Maybe I can dig a little deeper. Maybe I do want this a little bit more. Like when you're going toe to toe with Decker and the Lammer sisters, like you gotta, you gotta bring your best and plus more or else you're going to be looking face down on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> I got to imagine that environment with the right person, you know, as a group, you collectively get better as your mm -hmm. everyday day in, day out because of the level of compete everyone has. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. A tradition at Shattuck would be every Monday we'd, we'd have shinny. So we would just shinny for 60 seconds or 60 minutes. We'd always practice at 6am regardless. Um, and th these are just supposed to be nice, easy flow. We're moving the puck, getting the legs going. But some of the most vicious fights and battles I've been <laughs> in part of my life have been in those or Monday morning shinnies. It's it's just crazy, the competitive edge, some of those people. In my senior year, I think everyone on, everyone went on to play some form of college hockey from that team, which is pretty cool. Wow. Um, I have a coaching question. Yeah. Um, so I, and I, I thought of this question just because I, I saw an article this week about Jessica Campbell, um, coaching on the Kraken bench and mm -hmm. just, you know, talking about that, that's, um, you know, uh, it doesn't happen very often to see, um, a woman on the NHL benches and but it made me think, so I know you have a huge passion for coaching the girls, but would you, if given the opportunity, would you coach a, a boys high school team? And how do you think it would be different um, if you did? Yeah. Um, 
I mean, if I was approached, yes, but I would have a hard time, especially like in the setting that I'm in right now. The girls' side struggles so much to have capable coaches. And no offense to parent coaches, like, do what you can, but the lines are blurred. And I think it is a big deal right now to have female kind of presence, you know, right now, especially in Grand Forks. I would have a hard time removing myself from that. Um, But yes, I would. And it's actually funny. Sorry, Kyle, you'll think this is funny. Tori is actually coaching high school team out in Watford boys yeah it's funny that you mentioned that she's taking on the head coach job for that so we've had some conversations of like what what it's going to be different from guys to girls um so yeah that's kind of interesting that question has been asked yeah I mean because I just I you know when I read it I thought it was a really cool story Mm -hmm. um very interesting you know when you read her resume her accolades I mean she's so qualified um but yeah. that I you know I was trying to think like man it, it has to for for her as a woman um just that presence of being the only female on you know the bench like yeah. how do you feel in that that would it would be a unique situation to be in um but it nice to see because as you see these things more they just don't become as shocking you know like yeah. we, we don't see it but as we see it more, it will become commonplace, which I think is important. But, you know, I agree with you. I, I liked your answer where you said, I wouldn't want to remove myself from that just because girls hockey really needs these competent coaches. Yeah. more, yeah. And that's, ex- I mean, you couldn't be more correct in that. I, I have a niece who's coming up, um, you know, she's, she's a 10 uh, year old, but um, you're exactly right. It's the girls need those same opportunities. Yeah. They need, um, they need really good women's players coming in as role models. So they, I mean, and I think it can be a little disheartening too, because, you know, seeing like UND lose its women's program and so, you know, it kind of can cloud the the dream a little bit for the girls. And, um, you know, so I think that it's great. I, I really love, you know, that they can see someone who's played at the higher levels. Like you said, it's not to discredit parent coaches, but um, it's really cool for these girls to see too, like where you can go with this. I think that's a harder yeah. picture for girls than it is for boys. Yeah. And, it, and to be honest, it's getting tougher because, you know, the when I first kind of worked with the youth, you know, I had this kind of I wouldn't say, you know, you have this kind of buzz when you say, hey, I played for the University of North Dakota. You come out with your gloves. And now these little girls are like, what? UND had a girls program? Like these right. seven, eight, like UND doesn't have girls hockey. So now, like, now it's like. Because it's not it's in their, sad. Like, you know, their like, recent past. I was yeah. running my camps this summer and one of the little girls goes, UND doesn't have girls hockey. And it just kind of like broke my heart a little bit. I'm yeah. like, oh yeah. man, like she doesn't even know. Right. That's you were the good segue for maybe the next segment there, Margo. Was you know, I think it was fairly soon after you were done playing, um, that you got into coaching. Can you walk us through that a little bit and what your experience has been like at the high school level in North Dakota? Yeah, um, well, actually, my first year, my first year out of hockey, I coached like 12U in Grand Forks. Then I jumped over the river and volunteered with East Grand with Jim Scanlon, um, the girls' hockey team. Um, there and then jumped back over and started with the Night Riders as a full time assistant and um, it's been it's been wild it's been fun um, you know it definitely the 
I would say it's definitely growing. Like North Dakota girls hockey is growing, and I, you know, the I think the bar is being raised for sure these last few years, and there's more girls going on play at a higher level or that are leaving the state to play at a higher level. So I think that just kind of shows that the game is definitely growing. Um, and unfortunately, there's some rules that I disagree with with the high school, you know, hockey association. Like that, I think that kind of prevents the growth growth a little bit of the game too. Like we're only allowed to have contact with our players in June and July. I think that's really hard. You know, if you're working about development and skill development to only have two months through the summer, I think that makes it, you know, a little silly. I would like to see that change a little bit. And um, you you mentioned some some growth throughout. Like, what uh, has there been one or maybe two areas of growth that you've noticed in terms of where where this and this I would take this North Dakota wide. Do you feel the, the yeah has improved? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think numbers wise, even if you look at like out west, um, Bismarck now has I think three three high schools, and then they they've split in the two teams now. So Bismarck, when I first started coaching was one team um now they've been able to split into two teams so i think that's pretty cool to have enough numbers to be able to split and they were competitive this this is their first year and they were competitive so that's pretty cool to have enough numbers to split teams and then be competitive as well and you know the fargo teams continue to be competitive and grow numbers but i think really out west the numbers are growing in a driving force minot's always a good team Devil's Lake is kind of up and up and coming with numbers and growing too. So I think that's pretty cool to see. And I think that's, we're kind of reflective of that too. And uh, I just had a conversation today and I didn't know this, that there's uh, several girls from Grafton that will uh, that drive into Devil's Lake all mm-hmm. winter today too. So yep. it's yeah. not yeah. just in bigger communities. Yeah. Yeah. So good, uh, good deal. And then, um, you, one of the things we talked about at off the hop was that uh, you've been doing these clinics lately too, and, and did the one in Jamestown. Can you tell us a little bit about that and give yourself a plug? Uh, yeah. So, you know, I kind of talking to Max this summer and he kind of was like, you need to have like a a hobby essentially, <laughs> you know, he's kind of like, you, you, you're getting bored. And I kind of really sat back and thought about things. And I was like, you know, I really want to put my best foot forward and, you know, be more integrated and involved in the girls hockey community here. So I took a step forward and ran a couple um, ice sessions here for the just local, local Grand Forks girls. And that was great. I had about 20 girls for a couple sessions. We had girls from like Thief River Falls, which was pretty cool to come just to those sessions. Um, and then I went out to Jamestown with um, the University of Jamestown um, club women's hockey team and kind of assisted there and that was pretty cool they had 90 some girls kind of from all over like i saw montana plates south dakota canada minnesota so it was pretty cool to be a part of that and just you know just attributing the kind of growing the game here in north dakota on the girls side i'm sorry just just as a follow-up for that jamestown thing was that 90 girls come out for their club team uh 90 girls for the clinic sorry okay okay yeah well, I'm sorry you had to see the Canadian plates. I know that's always that's very distressing <laughs> to me. But, uh... 
No, so that's just more. Right. That's just more when you're pulling up the Target and you see all the Canadian plates. <laughs> <shit. laughs> that's where you find them all. Me a nine twenty nine now. You know what I mean? <laughs> convoys of Manitoba plates. Yep. Great Lane. Terrible. Yep. Terrible. Um. So, Margo, I promised we'd have you uh, have you asleep early, but I think I'm really, really eager to have oh, Kelly okay. do a little uh, a little quiz or primer on the up-to-date TikTok language so you can hit the ground running in the season. Maybe get her mentioned in the program. Okay. Well, I'm trying to think, you know, just in case, well, no, the girls probably are pretty similar to boys. Maybe uh, a little more respectable. Me. Hopefully. I, you know, I always hope, so. but uh, um, uh, here's one that I just learned. Um, okay. it, it makes sense when you hear, but uh, do the girls talk about rids very often? A little bit, but not as much. A little okay. bit, but I have you no know, idea. No, no okay. idea. Riz is like game. It's short for charisma. <laughs> and that's yeah. Uh I'm trying to think of another one that the that uh all the, the TikTok language. Oh, they, they um, call me if they call me bra one more time. Bra, yeah. <laughs> bra, bro, yeah. No, no girls. I love it. But I really I, you know, though I, I do I throw bra out every once in a while too. Um uh, they love when sus- I say yeah, they love when I say like you're gonna come in and you're gonna throw a sus pass like that. Sus you know, on, they just like they die. Like, We're going from sus pass to sus pass, yeah, sus pass as uh, <laughs> as everything evolves with uh hockey well and so we had an episode the one time we were we were i was quizzing on hockey um the language of hockey which i really hope the girls embrace as well because i I love that hockey players have their own language um this was one that i found was funny and it's it's an insult but also hockey lingo um did the girls ever refer to uh a grocery stick and are you aware (laughs) what that is that i am aware um (laughs) I, I've been a grocery stick a few times in my career. Um, I love it. Whether I want, want to admit to or not, but I have that's, been. But that's but an that old makes term. me that, that, that makes back me so to happy. My playing that dates me back. That dates back to me. I love it, but I love too, like because you know, I mean, like if you if you watch like Letter Kenny and stuff like that with you know that the boys, there's always that that hockey player language but i love that the girls are doing it too because i feel like <laughs> the girls will probably do it better and oh that's what i said the like i said in my experience the girls are hilarious and they go right for the right for the heart with their absolutely with their i love it i love it i mean i'm sure as we were talking about all the terms and stuff i i'm thinking to myself well i i'm i'm guessing that the word bitch gets thrown out quite a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know uh, yeah. from one girl to yeah. another oh, yeah. uh as you're out there um I'm sure that the the insults do get a little on the saucy side but I yeah. I'm here for it I like it I like the intensity and <laughs> uh I like that the girls don't back down so no no it's wonderful we'll uh <laughs> have to get uh Kevin Vaughn on former uh equipment guy for the UND women's team because he would uh he's not so shy about sharing all the bad words Margo you know i got a reputation to uphold so (laughs) i'm trying to promote some camps and stuff (laughs) but maybe that can be part of the camp is uh you know teach the girls how to defend themselves verbally sure for 101 yeah (laughs) that will last the whole five minutes do the girls throw a buddy as much i that i i can't even live with my 11 year old hockey player if i get called buddy bud you don't even know what you're talking about buddy buddy you have no idea and i'm like 
I'm not your buddy. Uh, <laughs> oh, that is <laughs> much. I'll push guards down the stairs after a buddy today, Kelly. You would have been very Did proud. Did you? Yep. Yep. It's I think big. that's more of a. I think that's more of a guys' hockey. Kind that's of. more of the boys. Okay. Yeah. All right. You know what? That makes me like the girls even better because, like I said, <laughs> I don't need to be called bud or buddy any more yeah. times than I already am. So. Well, Margot, listen, I, I really appreciate you joining us. Uh, you, we got two minutes to spare to get you to bed by 10 o'clock. So thanks for staying <laughs> up late at, in North Not Dakota sure. after dark. Real good. Yeah. And nice to have our first Michigander on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm just happy. And I'll throw out a trip to Max. You know, he's always saying, you know, he knows more hockey than me, blah, blah, blah. Coaches at a higher level. But hey, we're one for one on hockey podcasts now. So I'm That's right. Well, yeah. So you can decide if uh, when when Max uh, Max is back in the summer if he wants to be a guest, but you can we'll we'll make sure we, we keep you uh, either tied or ahead. Yeah, that's exactly what we need. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Well, thanks so much, Margo. Enjoy your evening, and again, appreciate you joining us. Okay, thank you guys. Thanks, Margo. Nice Bye. Am I good to leave now? Or... Yeah, you're all you are good. Yeah, I'm just. Okay. Making sure our recording works. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll well, nothing. Yeah. Thanks for having thanks, me. I enjoyed Margo. it. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Good night. I, I love those uncomfortable pauses where no one knows what to do. Some people call it a pregnant pause. Feels wrong. I know. But I think it's always too, like, I, I think it's the challenge of Zoom um, because, like, there's, it's harder to have flow when you're all in different rooms. Yeah. And so you're not wanting to step over the next person talking where you'd be able to kind of hear that when yep. you are in the same room. Yeah. No, and she, and she had some great stuff. I mean, talking hey, if, for people who actually listen to this podcast, I mean, you you're, now you're looking at a, a top tier athlete um, and professional that was told you're not good enough. And her response to that was, you know, it made me have a chip on my shoulder, it made me work harder. And my parents supported that chip, not let me, uh, you know, whine about things or going to bulldoze down a problem. I mean, it shows you the kind of resilience that those experiences should, should teach you in life. Yeah. And everything Especially that, you know, that, that Michigan AAA um, culture is very cutthroat. There's so many, you know, I, I said, there's so many different programs. It's, um, you know, a lot of back and forth and kids switching teams and that thing. So I think, in some instances that can breed that uh, entitlement, which you would get the parents being upset about it. So, you know, it, it, it highlights that what an especially good move it was, uh, you know, for Margo's parents to take that tack with her. So, and clearly has paid some, some dividends with her too. Well, and I didn't even get to make fun of her because she, not only did she get coached by my uh, auspicious neighbor, uh, she coaches with a guy who lives a block away from me and Mr. Manasa, who I, yeah, um, he's a football guy coaching women's hockey, but I've coached his son. He's coaching my son in football. I wish I would have uh, asked her some questions about how she feels about Mike. Yeah, well, and uh, a good reminder that uh, her former teammate and our former babysitter, Tori, is now a boys coach in Watford City. It smells yeah. like a guest to me. She, I think, taught Archie once he knows. And that, I mean, because that was when my question, when I was asking her, just because you don't see it all the time and I was just kind of wondering you know like it essentially you're coaching the same game but 
you're not coaching the same players, you know? So mm-hmm. that, that was, that was what my curiosity was, was, you know, how does that change? How does it, how do you approach that? So I love to hear that she has a friend that's coaching the boys. I think that that's really good. I, I and I like that, you know, that you would never have heard of that years ago. And now to that there will be men's players that grow up to play as adults that go, Oh yeah, I've been coached by a woman before, you know, that this is going to, that I like to hear that. I really do. But I also love to hear, especially for grand forks hockey, that she has that commitment that she does to grand forks hockey, because I, I, it really excites me for the girls program in this town. Um, You know, grand forks girls hockey, not that it is, it hasn't been good, but it, you know, you hear about Bismarck High. They're typically kind of the juggernaut for the girls here in yeah. recent years. Fargo North, um, you know, they they for uh, had a really long run with, um, you know, I know now um, a lot of the, the programs are combining, um, yeah. you know, uh, I, what what is what I I know the the Spartans and it, the Spruins, I think that it's the we're girls. That they're, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that they can buy, but I do remember when North was, uh, their own program and, you know, they just kick shit out of everybody. Um, so I love it. I, I want to see the Knight Riders. I think that there's a lot of good girls players here and having someone like her, um, like I said, that shows higher level hockey, she's played it. She's been there. She's done it. Even I loved her story about, switching teams to the rival team her junior year you know I mean think about having to do that that I don't know too many players boys or girls that would have that level of character to make a switch like that that's intimidating as hell and most people would just stay for comfort moving away from home and and going to a rut you know what I mean like that's jumping into the lion's den yep the you you've only known these other girls as your opponents, not as your teammates or your friends. So that's a really unique experience. And I, I don't know. I, I think it's wonderful. I think that she seems like she has a lot to offer. Um, like I said, I have a niece who's 10 coming up in girls hockey who loves girls hockey. I hope that she gets to be coached by her because yeah, she's, yeah. Well, she seems great. Who's your niece? Uh, was at the hockey academy for a long Lola Schmaltz. Oh, yeah. okay. I know yeah, her. and Lola, uh, they were just, she was on a team um, for Future Stars this weekend, and the Grand Forks girls won. Oh, good for them. So, yeah, it was fantastic. They won the championship, so it was really cool to watch. Because Margot hits it right. There, there. I think there does need to be more coaching. We we, we have some great and friends of the podcast coaches in, in the girls program, Cassie Skeving, uh, yeah. Jordan yes. um, McIntyre. Joey Corbin, some great coaches, but it's not enough it, to a point where, I mean, they were pulling volunteers like myself who have no background in hockey, but I have a pulse and I'm willing to shepherd uh, cats around the ice. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah. That, certainly the more people we can get involved in the program, the better. Yeah. And right. I think at the high school level, when they, when they had the coaching changeover, as I understand, there was, uh, you know, quite a bit of interest in that head coaching job. So it wasn't like a, a coronation. There was a you know, interview process and uh, and some good candidates to choose from, which is is nice to nice to see. So it was unlike Central High School's baseball um, lead guy. <laughs> Shots fired, Mister Mardo. Shots fired. <laughs> Danny, <laughs> I tell you, um, you know, I, I've been sitting on 
I think we'll we'll try and keep it to a reasonable time today. But one of the topics I wanted to bring to both of your attention it was at the North American League Showcase uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it's uh one thing I'd seen before and one I hadn't. I wanted to get your opinions. So the one thing I had not seen was a presumably a dad, uh, and these are junior age hockey players who had brought a hand drawn sign for his kid in a junior game might have been the first time I'd you know you know you see the other one a couple of kids on the glass you know what I mean throw me a puck but I'd never seen one and I think it might even say dad's proud of you which is nice it's a nice right. that's that's a hallmark card or something private where no one else can see you you know <laughs> I do believe our children would kill us I, I would I, I'd be I'd punch myself in the face you know I, I can deep. tell you at freshman and uh, different football, freshman football games and 14-year-old baseball games, I do know of a parent who likes to yell out, uh, insert son's name here, I love you. I mean, he does it to troll the child, but still he does it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there's NHL scouts watching this game and, and dad's waving a sign. Wow. Yeah, that's... It's... It's the parenting love Olympics, Kyle. Don't you understand it? It's the uh, hey, I love my yeah. child more than you love your child. Yeah, and, well, uh, yeah. That sounds like the John Holt dance dads who dress up like their daughter's team routine. Yes, but again, the age—the age is the important context here. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I agree. Uh, you know what I mean? If if your gal's uh, on Broadway dancing, maybe you don't. You know, or a respectable level. Yep. Right. Great sign. I totally agree. It's it's um it's a maturity issue. I, I agree, you know, and it's hard too because maybe the kid wasn't completely on board with it, but maybe just couldn't deflate his dad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, thanks, Dad. I love that sign. But uh, you know, it, it it's also, you know, you guys have seen it. It's like I said, it's the parenting level Olympics. Hockey, I think all sports can be bad for it, but hockey, especially where, you know, our our love when people make your number one fan. Everybody's their own kid's number one fan. <laughs> Are we though? We wouldn't be spending these countless hours and countless dollars if you weren't, you know, like mm -hmm. it's uh, kind of a given. I think I cheer more for Corey's son than you. <laughs> I'm, I actually think you do cheer for more yeah. than I do, Kyle. You know what, though? I'm I pointed that out. That's a fundamental difference when we talk about Mom Island. Yep. Um, the dads, if you if you mic up the dads and listen to that conversation, the dads are typically critiquing their own kid and complimenting everybody else's kid. Yes. The Mom Island is a little bit different because there's no critiquing of anybody else's kid. That just is like faux pas. So you, there's a lot of complimenting of everyone's kid, but um, there's there's not a there's not a heavy amount of critiquing or even any amount of critiquing maybe a crack at your own kid but that doesn't come up yeah. very often so a lot of a lot of mom support <laughs> that, that, that's fair i you know and again i think context the context is important there and it, and it bears out what you're saying so another, yeah. yeah but there's also i think you're you're pointing out to kyle is just what what we were kind of talking about even with with um margo is um level of parent involvement sometimes yeah. that it can it can exceed a level that's healthy for anyone and beneficial for anyone yeah yeah i, I liken it to the, a new parent who drops off their child at daycare and comes back to be horrified at what they find uh their first child 
Maybe he was crying in the crib for five seconds before someone picked him up. Um, by the time you get to their third kid, you're like, did I bring my kid to daycare with me? I don't remember. <laughs> you know me, am I at the right daycare? So yeah. I got to go. Oh, sorry, Kyle. I think I got Oh, no, no, you, no. I was just going to make a segue, but I thought I'd, I'd let you finish that belabor. No, I, I was going to make a segue as well because I have a couple just quick hitters for the group. Just a little. No, little go, and then run, run with it because mine is purely filler. Um, Corey's Which is my first, in college. Well, you can call this filler too. So I dropped, I picked up my daughter from uh, her dance and she brought out a giant package that said to Evelyn's parents care of Evie. And Evie said, can I open it up? And I said, yes, yeah, isn't it like a picture of you or something? And she goes, no, it's supposed to be for you. So I, I opened up the package and I found a giant yard placard complete with posts that says, dance etc in the corners and in the middle it says Corey's dance dad tailgating sign <laughs> so so someone has listened to our podcast and and found my great disdain and there being no tailgating at uh, oh. dance dadding and they've made me a tailgate sign it's possible dance. we we have double digit listeners yeah That's so wonderful i now want to so you know hat tip to dance etc for making me a uh Corey's dance dad tailgating piece i, uh, that, I believe that's... they prefer for it is dance, etc. Yes, dance, etc. I love it. That's some top tier trolling. It really. is high end, and I love trolling. So yeah. my yeah. hat is off to whoever made that sign. I love it. But but yeah, Corey's hat is never off. Can you explain that, Kelly? <laughs> well, I have a husband that also keeps a hat on. We don't talk about it. We just pretend it's not happening. All right. Okay. We just remember the days of the glorious hockey hair and they live in memory and that has to get us through. <laughs> when, when you have LED lights in a house and they're on, you're not, you got to protect your dome, man. <laughs> Corey, it sounds like you're drifting into Kyle and Kelly conspiracy territory. Do we need to get into anything? Oh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Um, I, I, I suppose the, that transition in my last piece of cleanup business tonight's uh, tonight's bad beater of the week is not pickle tickle because pickle tickle is delicious. Yeah. Okay, I'll say. Before I do that, Kyle, I don't think we talked about your guys' drinks of the night, so a little bit of cleanup. Kelly, what's your drink tonight? I went okay, so it was a long, long ass day. Um, so I opened the fridge and the first thing I saw was Bushlight, and I was like, "That'll do, that'll do." So, but I like Bushlight. I'm not, um, I'm not anti bush light. It was just the first thing I saw. And that was the level of effort that I was, I had left to give today. So, but it, it has, it, it's done the job. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not mad about it. Well, in that case, since you have a bush light and we're talking Midwesterners, I'm gonna have a follow-up question before I ask Kyle, but, uh, since you're drinking a bush light tonight, can you please explain the propensity of North Dakota people to say, yeah, no, when they mean neither? Yeah, no, um, they, uh, no, there's no, no, there's yeah, no, uh, no, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it, it, you're exactly right. It's, it's a North Dakota thing. Um, but yeah, no. I don't know how to articulate, but I understand it, but I understand it when it is said to me. So I don't, I don't, it's kind of, it, it falls into it. A, it if you know, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't, um, I don't understand why that would make any sense. Uh, it's just, it's also like, 
why the words, oh, just going to squeeze right past you, you know, like it they, falls out of your mouth when you're trying to get around someone in any setting. Um, it's, it's like a Pavlov's dog response. So it's just, just the, the cross that I bear living here. So Kyle, how about you? What are you drinking tonight? I'm just a very pedestrian whiskey and water. What kind of whiskey? Yeah. Um, so I have in my office, among other things that we've talked about, a, uh, a decanter set that's filled with whiskey and I don't remember what I have in there. <laughs> you, Hey, as Arch gets older, that whiskey is going to get a little lighter colored all the time that our kids come over. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, there's talk of a knee hockey league. Uh, so yeah, I'll have to be prepared for that. You got, listen, it's going to be hosted at your house. It's not my rule. It's just it's he who owns the smoke machine hosts the knee hockey league. Yeah. I, you're well, thank yeah. your mother-in-law for this. Okay. Yeah. And I not... think I'll have to maybe we'll when we finally get video, I think we'll introduce ourselves with the smoke machine. Yes. I love it. I I really do. I think it's wonderful. Well, with that, tonight's uh I was asked by another person to uh review Michelob Ultra and my thoughts on Michelob Ultra. So well, first of all, the presentation is in one of those tall, weird cans that looks like a seltzer. So let's give it a shot. Yeah, that makes total sense. Not a bad beer. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say awful. I would say it's the seltzer of beers. It tastes mostly of water with a hint of beer on the finish. Um, seltzer of beers would be a good description for Mick Ultra. Yeah, but it's funny you should say that because you very clearly because i drink both mcgolden and ultra you very clearly like a stronger flavored beer because yeah. there's not a huge difference between those two mm -hmm. but mcultra tastes more like beer than McGolden does. very watered down barely can you know this is the kind of beer that i could probably slam 40 of them play the worst round of golf in my life and then regale you with stories of how I was like an awesome football player in North Dakota high school class B9 <laughs> that's this beer. we can make that an entire episode Golden is like the LaCroix of beers like mostly water and then someone whispers beer in the other room that's what <laughs> McUltra is with a kiss of beer flavoring yeah, yeah. but yeah so it's been I'm not going to put it on the terrible scale I'm going to put it on the Someone else had it in their fridge and they offered one to you and you're like, I've had three beers. How bad could this one be? And it's right. not off. There's not enough substance to that beer for it to be either good or bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. We'll put this one in the purgatory list. The seltzer. You know? Mick Ultra. We're the seltzer of beers. Yeah. I think I you it. just, yeah. Which honestly might, in their current landscape... Um, Anheuser-Busch, maybe they want to go with that. You know, I mean, they're, I think they're probably looking for marketing yeah. suggestions. So it's obvious when they make the can tall and slender, they're trying to mimic a seltzer here. <laughs> yes, they are. And it's, you know, their whole push is the 90 calories. It's, right. you know, low cal beer. That, that, that's my tidbits, Kyle. I think I interrupted you from your, uh, your tasty nuggets. You know what? Much like, uh, much like I've heard from others, I don't have a lot going on. So 
I was really just looking <laughs> to fill space by if I continue to talk, something good's going to come out. Right. Exactly. It's never, that's called spitballing. You just go you with volume and eventually yep. let other people, you know, that becomes a you problem rather than a me problem. If you that's can't where hang your, your wife's on. editing magic comes in. Just yes. give her a lot and then she'll decide that shit. That's that's not. And that's why we're still married, right? That's right. Exactly. That's how marriage works. You, you know, I bet she would love in the editing process if we just took long pauses between every single sentence. I read in a uh, editor's rumor blog she does not love that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so who knows? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Um, we have completed a show in a tight one hour and two minutes, and I think I think we're good. I think we've given the people a lot of good content, and as we get I into hockey season, we have to stretch these out i think this is a perfect september episode perfect now i can go back to eating jess's homemade uh um sourdough bread that she hey, Corey, you're not Corey. Corey. Corey, you're not in a hotel room don't share don't overshare with us what you're doing sorry i am you're getting a lot of yeast though that's a piece of bread and liquid bread <laughs> yeah. that's, know, that I, is I, a yeasty supper <laughs> i'm on a carb-free diet i don't know if you knew that <laughs> You're, I'm on a carb-only diet. I'm German. Um, I didn't know if you knew that, but I eat carbs and nothing. Sometimes I right. water with my carbs. Water and carbs. I like it. Your prison diet. I love it. Okay. Thank you uh, very much. Thanks for joining us on North Dakota After Dark. After Dark, we'll see you, or you won't see us. You will hear us next week.